Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking Formula One podcast. The countdown is on to the F1 season. It's just around the corner. Harry Yeed and Samuel Sage along with me for the podcast. Guys, how are you doing? How's your week going? Uh, yeah, it's alright mate, got to hear your voice now, so it happens. Wow, <laughs> taking, a, taking a downturn there. Yeah, come on, it's only like, what, 18 days to go? This is complete, in, it's, it's like we're in February all over again. Um, I am buzzing. Yeah. Can we do a, uh, sorry, can we do a fake um, two weeks of practice or something? Just testing, just so I can see some cars go around a track. Okay. Does yeah, why not? Right? Do it. F1 game testing, and we're just. I mean, I don't. I don't mind if you want to dress like my Skoda up as a Ferrari, and I'll drive it round. I don't know, Brands Hatch or Castle Coombe for two weeks, and we can all pretend. What color is your Skoda? It's red. Oh, perfect! It already is a Ferrari. Then there you go, Harry. You can be my teammate. You've got a red car. I do. Oh, I've never sorted. Wow. Right, folks. There you go. F1 testing at Castle Coombe. We'll do it Monday. <laughs> Subscribes to the theory that. All dogs are boys, all cats are girls, and all red cars are Ferraris. No, that's, why I, that's why I bought it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, we're going to actually talk about some other things other than Skoda, um, not usually a F1 mainstay. Um, we're going to be looking at the virtual season, how that's come to an end now, obviously, with F1 round the corner, and exactly how well George Russell did, and whether the characteristics he's shown to win that can transform his F1 career at all. We're going to be looking at Sebastian Vettel and whether his motivation for the 2020 season is going to be high, considering he won't be with Ferrari from 2021 onwards. Jamie Chadwick has been announced as uh, racing in Formula Regional this year. Um, We'll be discussing whether she can make it to Formula One and exactly what this means for her career. And then the return of F1 back and forth. You absolutely love it. But first of all, topic numero uno. We're going to be looking at the virtual season uh, and whether it was a success. Um, F1 managed to put this together. A lot of other championships did the same. 
Not too many other drivers got involved and those who did were somewhat sporadic. Sam, would you categorise it as a success or do you think they have a lot to learn from it? I think commercially it was a success. I think in terms of entertaining racing fans while we're in an off-season and a very strange scenario, it was a success. Um, I love the fact that we got to see more sim racing. I love the fact we got to see more gaming. I'm a massive gamer. I love racing online, uh, on sims. I've got my sim literally behind me over here. I can see it. I love it. And it's fantastic to see real-life drivers mixing it with sim racers. Um, do I think it's comparable? Do I think that George Russell could take anything from it? Yes, if they weren't playing the F1 game, because it isn't a sim. It's literally how well you can master playing a game. Sorry, it has nothing to do with real-life racing. There is no real-life technique you can take into it that is a sim- it's the same. Um, but the community and the industry describe it as a sim cage. It's an arcade game. It does not have a lot of the same physics the tracks are not very reparable to real life you know there's no laser scan tracks there people describe belgium on that game as a horror show that is nothing like the real life i love that george russell won it i mean that's hilarious it's fantastic the guy that's in the slowest car in real life turns around and wings the online version but no unfortunately there is not enough real life effects to compare this to what could be real life if they were playing on an i racing an r factor maybe a set of corsa there's a real chance that a lot of us of, of similarities crossover there and and the likes of Jimmy Broadbent have proved that you could get into a sim and practice and then get into a real life car and you can be faster than a, a new person coming into a car there, there are some transferable skills there of course it's driving but not on the F1 game unfortunately it was fantastic to watch I love how many celebrities got involved I loved how bad how many celebrities there were um you know a Aguero Sergio Aguero Man City forward was bloody awful and it was hilarious to watch that he got given a three grand sim to play in his bedroom for nothing because of who he is and he was terrible at it I loved it but good to see George Russell win good to see so many big names involved not comparable to real life not even remotely similar to real life I don't think it's got the F1 name on it and the cars are in it um it's a shame because it'd be nice to have that George Russell really does have what it takes to be a world champ. Fortunately, I'm a Russell believer. I think he could do it anyway. And I think that he's going to be a champ regardless of what this season meant for him. So bring on the real life racing. It was great to see in the off season. It is not anything to do with it, unfortunately. Wow. Then I see her face and now I'm a George <laughs> Russell believer. Harry, what are your thoughts? Do you think it was a success overall? Uh, I I feel a bit ill actually because I totally agree with what ev- everything Sam just said. That's, Thank you. Um, that's disgusting. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, keeping people entertained over this strange strange period, it's been it's been great. Um, and I've, I can't say I've watched all of them or many of them at all, but um, I've watched a couple and they they've been entertaining. But in terms of relating to the real world, as, as Sam has already pointed out, it's def F1. The F1 game's not a sim. Um, you can't take any of those skills over to real life racing in a way you might be able to in a sim game. Um, but that being said, you know, George George has, I know he's not, it's not proving he's a talented driver, but he's just proving he's a talented person as a whole. Um, we can see what a talented young man George Russell is. Um but and and also, it's been such a great way to see another aspect of these drivers' lives, especially the young ones that are coming up through. You've got likes of Norris and Russell and Leclerc and Albon. Watching those four just muck around in F one on games and on the F one game as well has been such a 
just such a joy to watch. They've been it's it's a side of F one drivers we've never really seen before, um, and it's great. I've really enjoyed it, and I hope that doesn't go away again when we start re- racing for real. I hope that kind of um, I hope they carry on playing Truck Simulator when they've got a weekend off. That would be great. Um, but yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's been fine. But like Sam said, I'm looking forward to some real racing now. And I too am a, a believer. Brackets of George Russell. <laughs> believer of believers. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, I'm going to say, uh, actually, I don't think it was a success overall. Which might be a little controversial. Um, I don't know. It's just no more than I think the maximum number of F1 drivers that got involved was about eight, um, which I don't think is a great effort, really, considering the amount of real life drivers, IndyCar, and supercars managed to get along. You know, the IndyCar ones were pretty much full grids of IndyCar drivers, and the only people who weren't full-time IndyCar drivers were racers in other categories. So um, it's a shame that not more drivers got involved. Um, I think that would have really enhanced it. And um, I agree with what you say in terms of the F1 game letting it down slightly. Um, In fairness to the F1 game, it doesn't try to be a sim like iRacing or R-Factor is. It is, you know, supposed to be a bit more wide-reaching. And I think it succeeds in that respect. Um, and let's face it, I mean, it was never going to be on anything else as, as much as we would like to see the best Formula One drivers go at it on a proper sim game like like iRacing. With, you know, with, with F1 having its own official game, there was no way it was ever going to happen, which, yeah, I guess it is a shame. Um, and it, it would have been good to see. But I, I don't know... I just don't think it was an overall success, really. Um, yeah, iRacing allowed... In, I can't remember where they went exactly, but IndyCar managed to go back to a circuit that they haven't been at for years. Um, I think, you know... Oh, Supercars, obviously, they went to Silverstone, and it's like a lot of these a lot of these series were able to go to circuits that they wouldn't normally get to on their regular calendars, which was good to see with the F1 game being restrictive to only the circuits that appear on the calendar at the time. We couldn't see that. Um, so I, I th- in that respect, I think it would be cool if there isn't a Dutch Grand Prix this year, which is looking likely if they did do some sort of virtual uh, race, just a one-off for the, for the Dutch Grand Prix with as many drivers as they could. In, ter- in terms of the viewing figures, uh, it, it kicked off very well, which is perhaps not a surprise. I think Bahrain pulled in about 2 million viewers which is a really good effort um i think a lot of those came along for intrigue's sake and not really having anything else to to watch you know um so i think a lot of people tuned in just to see ah what might happen or they just tuned in because johnny herbert was there which is another possible theory um, a fair reason <laughs> yeah completely fair reason and i can understand why there was a drop in viewing figures those who are just along for the first time like oh what's going on here who who might not be dedicated enough to online racing. I understand that you're going to lose some of those, but the fact that the last two races of the of the series couldn't get over 500,000 viewers, like I think it was literally the last four races of the season combined in terms of viewing figures couldn't match up to that opening race at Bahrain, which is really disappointing and I think a lot of that is down to the mistake in adding these celebrity drivers. I think early on it was a bit of a a, a wow factor 
oh wow Liam Payne is competing in it that's just ridiculous what is 2020 um <laughs> and I think that effect kind of wore off a bit too soon and you know, footballers coming along and it just got to a point where I don't think it was worth it and they weren't pulling in as, as you can see by the figures they, they weren't pulling in the viewers so um it would have been cool to get sort of f2 and f3 races involved if the f1 races didn't want to do it themselves regarding george russell i agree with you in terms of it not being a, a realistic enough of a simulation game that it can translate to real life however i agree with what you say harry in that there's more to it than that even if the driving itself can't be translated over it's the characteristics that he showed which i think is encouraging to see from um, from williams and mercedes perspective in the future a few months ago he didn't have a sim rig he, he was behind his rivals in that respect he learned quickly put in the practice hours i think he he spoke with some of williams esports drivers to get better at the game um and he got better and better as the season went on and he won the last four races. That improvement, that dedication to be better, even if it's something that he doesn't necessarily have to be good at, it's, it's good for his character. Character-wise, it's good to see. And yeah, the speed is almost irrelevant, but the consistency, the fact that he didn't make mistakes and the fact that he was quick and eager to learn, I think that's encouraging from Mercedes' perspective. You know what? I completely agree. I think those are fantastic qualities to take away. And I think you're right when you say that the celebrity element and the, the lineup that F1 had in comparison to other uh, specifications was so poor. When you look at, um, you know, there were certain races on iRacing and R-Factor, they had drivers such as Emerson Fittipaldi. He turned up. Like, hello? How incredible is that? I mean, we've just had the uh, virtual 24 hours of Le Mans. And People like Jenkson Button, Fernando Alonso, John Eric Verne all have their own teams that they're running. And in every single team, you have a you have two professional race drivers, uh, a professional sim driver, and another either very competitive uh, creator of the sport or another sim driver. So yeah, keep it all in house, all in family. And the quality of racing was fantastic. The quality of presentation was fantastic. The interviews they had, you know, they had the likes of. Um, I can't remember his bloody name now. Um, McNish. Is it McNish? Alan McNish. Alan McNish, yeah. Yeah, Alan McNish was a, a key presenter. Like, that's just incredible to have him on there. He does the real thing. You know, you've got the likes of Patrick Swayze as, uh, as guests. Mario Andretti turned up. There are some absolutely fantastic appearances over that. And it's all racing specific. Even if you don't love virtual racing, you can watch it as a one-off once a year because you go, you know what? There's enough real-life elements. and It's close enough to real life. I can get behind this. I can enjoy it as a one-off. I can really love it while the real thing isn't happening. But as a Formula One fan who doesn't ever watch cricket, as much as I'm not saying that cricket is a bad sport, it's just not my cup of tea, do I want to see Ben Stokes do a couple of races in a Red Bull car? Not really. Not bothered. Do I want to see Max Verstappen and Albon or maybe a a, a Red Bull junior driver team up? Yes, 100%. Or do I want to see a retired Formula One driver turn up? Yes, I do. Did it happen? No. And they, they took... It is a bit of a, hey, look, we're in the limelight. Let's just chuck it full of a wide array of audiences as possible. And it very quickly diluted, as Ben said. The, the effects wore off very, very quickly. And it was a shame because they had a real chance there to promote sim racing, to promote the digital side of it, to really big up a lot of creators and people who have dedicated a lot of time to this sport and this category. And they kind of just spat it back in their faces a little bit. went, yeah, no, don't really care about you. We care about putting Despacito in a car. 
more than we do about putting Jimmy Broadbent in a car that's put 10 years of content into the industry. So uh, it feels like Formula One very quickly decided that they weren't loyal to its core and decided that they would just do whatever they could to put a big name in. And that's a shame. So actually, you know what, Ben, you convinced me a little bit. It's not as much of a success as I thought it was. There were some great elements to it, but they definitely could have improved some areas. To touch on the, the 24-hour of Le Mans as well, which I, I watched quite a bit of it, um, and I, I thought it was a really good presentation. And I know our factor is perhaps a little dated, um, and there were a few server issues throughout. However, I completely agree that it was it was a great spectacle, and they did a brilliant job. Apart from the weird sort of concert that happened at about 10 o'clock um, on, the, on the first evening, that was, that was a bit bizarre. But other than that, Great presentation. And the commentators on a number of occasions throughout the day had, had said that, look, they they alluded to the fact that these conversations that they're having regarding strategy and, and, and regarding pretty much everything they were speaking about, it's like they, they actually referenced saying this would be no different than if it were in real life. These conversations we're having would be exactly the same. And I think they were pleasantly surprised by it doing commentary. And I was pleasantly surprised listening along. And and you could listen along as if it were the, the real thing. Obviously, it's, it isn't an exact substitute, but they did a brilliant job. And it just proves that because I know a lot of guys, um, it, you know, tried to jump on the sim racing bandwagon as quickly as possible. You know, the race, uh, fair play to them. I understand why they did it. The fact that virtual 24-hour Le Mans, they, they waited. They waited for when it would normally be anyway. Uh, and they took their time putting one event together that was brilliant and it worked rather than uh, putting out weekly content or anything like that. It, it worked. Uh, they put the effort, they put the time into it um, and they were rewarded with a lot of people watching along and a lot of great racers getting involved. Can I also just give a, uh, a mention to how good the Formula E version was when you talk about Marbula E. Whoever decided to take the exact format of Formula E and then put it into marble format was genuinely brilliant. I had such a blast watching that. I I, I compare that and uh, the WEC to, like, if you fancy a real beer, you go out with your mates, you go, I'll have a beer, please. Yeah, cheers, cheers. You know, you know, uh, a Bugweiser or something like that. Oh, next weekend, yeah, I'm the designated driver, so I'll have a Bud Light. Tastes exactly the same. There's just no alcoholic side effects. It's all right, really, isn't it? That's how good like, the 24 hours of WC was, in my opinion. Tastes exactly the same, but none of the dodgy side effects about getting drunk afterwards. It was really well done. Good job to them. And the 24 hours of the Bud Budweiser. <laughs> 24 hours of virtual, virtual Le Mans, as good as a Bud Light, Sam Sage 2020. <laughs> I oh, mean, are we even surprised ride. at this point? No. Uh, All right, mo- oh. moving on from the, the virtual world to the real world, which will be making a reappearance in a few weeks' time. Uh, Sebastian Vettel heading, heading into his final season at Ferrari. <laughs> what were those hurrahs? Good God. They I'm very excited. Uh, just I don't overshadow you. No, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're questioning exactly. And I, might, I think Mark Webber made a... A comment about this as well as to where Vettel's motivation is going to be. Harry, do you think he's going to be keen to have a brilliant last season for the team before he rides off into the sunset? Um, I'm a little bit torn on this one. I mean, it's hard to know. We've not really seen Seb since, um, well, since he left Australia, basically. Um, 
and we've not really seen him out on track at all, apart from testing. Um, I saw a video. I think Ferrari did the other day. It was like from Leclerc and Vettel yeah. saying like we can't get wait to get back on the track. Except that Vettel said it with as about as much enthusiasm as a wet flannel. Like he didn't seem like he wanted to go back racing whatsoever. And you don't know. It was like a three second clip, so it could have just been wrong moment. Maybe the kids have been driving him mad all day. Who knows? Um, but yeah, there I was just a bit like, oh damn, maybe. And he was doing it for something like you know, bit of promotion for the team so maybe he's a bit like oh, I, don't, I don't want to do that but um so there's been me thinking maybe he just can't wait to get the season over and done with and as Mark Webber says go out and have a sabbatical or maybe even just retire um but there's an, another part of me which if I if I look back to the Seb of old um I say Seb of old of a few you know a couple of years ago he he's always been quite a selfish driver you look at multi-21 and I think when Ricardo was in the team, he, he didn't really want to get out of the way of the young upstart a couple of times when he when he needed to. Um, Vettel, and it's what makes world champions. You've got to be selfish. Um, and But he, he is particularly selfish when it comes to being on track. So as a part of me that thinks maybe we'll see a return of Vettel racing for himself, not for Ferrari. He will just be racing for Sebastian Vettel and... If any team orders come through, if you know Leclerc is faster than you, etc., he'll just completely ignore them, and he'll be motivated to show Ferrari that they've made a mistake, that they've they're getting rid of a four-time world champion who doesn't necessarily deserve to go. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm fifty-fifty on this one. I and I don't think we'll know until I don't know the first quali of, of in Austria. I think it'd be really difficult to tell, but um, I'd like to think we're going to see a motivated Vettel for just himself only, not for anyone else, just for just for Sebi Vett. Just for Sebi Vett. Sam, do you think uh, his motivation levels are going to be high? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is going to be Vettel's best season since he last won the world title. Wow, <laughs> I, that's a bold yeah. prediction. Uh, yeah, I know, but I generally think that we're going to see Vettel driving in absolute fury for the whole season. I think he's going to go out there and skip two up at Ferrari and two up at Leclerc and go, I am a four-time world champion. I'm bloody good behind a race car driving, you know, a steering wheel. I'm going to demolish you. And I think he's going to stick it to the man. I think we're going to see Vettel with <laughs> fire in his eyes. And I, I can't wait for him and Jack Black to stick it to the man together. Um, nice. It's a school of rock reference, if anyone is wondering. Um <laughs> Obviously, Seve Vett, when, when he's, you know, got the anger, he is so good. We saw him when it came to Canada. He cut that corner, you know, not for any fault of his own, really. He lost a bit of control of the car. And he got that penalty. And he did not let Hamilton through on a track where overtaking is actually quite simple in a straight line. And he drove so well. Every time Vettel gets a bit grumpy, good God, we see that the miss come over and he drives so well. Yes, he can make mistakes when he's angry. But I think he's now got that experience under his belt that he could drive in anger and be a lot less uh, mistake prone. I think that realistically, he's going to drive, enti- as Harry just said, entirely for Sebi Vett. There will be no Ferrari behind him, no team orders. He won't care about those. My only concern is if any upgrades come through, he won't get an absolute sniff of those coming through. So that might hinder him. But he's also going to be looking to maybe attract someone else to the world of Sebi Vett. You know, there's every chance that he is looking for another drive in Formula One. And yeah, he's a four-time world champion. That doesn't mean he doesn't want to prove himself. That doesn't mean he wants to rest on his laurels and go on what his previous achievements have mentioned. I think that we're going to see something special from Sebi Vett. I don't think he's maybe going to necessarily go on and win the championship, but I think we're going to see great racecraft, fantastic pace. I think he's going to throw some great uh, overtakes. 
I am excited to see what Sebastian Vettel can do in that Ferrari. And that's the first time I've thought that in a good couple of seasons now. So bring on the brand new Sebi Vett. I hope you get signed by someone else. And I hope this is not the last season that we see of him in our sport. Just on the point of upgrades and if Ferrari would give those to Charles Leclerc first, this is Ferrari. They will make the decision to give it to Vettel because it's the one that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. (laughs) If we know anything about Ferrari, it's that they will do anything they can to make themselves look stupid. Anyway. I love it. Um, I, I actually agree with you, Sam, in that I am going to choose to believe the Vettel of old here that he is not going to, he's not going to leave without having the last word. Um, and it's it's really interesting from year to year how the dynamic has changed. Heading into 2019, Vettel is the guy that's been at Ferrari for, for four or five years, uh, four-time world champion. Charles Leclerc comes in as this young upstart who's only had one year in Formula One, his first year at Ferrari. All of the pressure is on Sebastian Vettel and Leclerc basically has a free year. You know, no one really expected Leclerc, apart from you, Sam, so fair play. Um, <laughs> no, not many people expected Leclerc to almost immediately be on Vettel's level. And there was no pressure on him whatsoever. And in the space of one year, those tables have completely turned. Leclerc is now hoping to prove himself and that the massively long contract that he's been given, he is worth it. Vettel is not going to be at Ferrari after 2020 it doesn't really matter what happens during the year. He's going to be gone anyway. So now he's the one with absolutely no pressure. And that pressure has been trans is transitioned over to Leclerc. So I am really intrigued to see. I think Vettel is going to go out to prove a point. Imagine if, you know, Leclerc, Leclerc, I think will go on to have a lot of success, but just to have that doubt in Ferrari's minds, say Vettel beats Leclerc, say Vettel beats Leclerc comfortably in 2020 suddenly they have to question their decisions Charles Leclerc questions himself if they don't go on to win a world championship in the next few years everyone immediately says well what if Vettel would fill out the team based on 2020 it's really fascinating and I think that Vettel has a lot to gain from going out with a bang here um I do like you say Sam I really hope that he does find a seat for 2021 if there isn't a good one available or if there isn't one available at all, I would like, I, I wouldn't mind if he took a one year sabbatical and came back in 2022. Don't do a Mika Hakkinen, please. I would love to see it. Um, still because waiting. He, still, yeah. <laughs> Hakkinen might come back next year. We don't know. The point is, surprise Sebastian, signing. <laughs> yeah, that really would be a surprise signing. Um, yeah, point is, Sebastian Vettel is a brilliant racer. He is a brilliant racer. He, he had a tough year in 2019. But I want to see him on the grid and I want to see him do well. And I think I think he might get a, a bee in his bonnet and I think he might go all out on 2020. Love to see it. Folks, let us know over on Twitter, at L Breaking. Do you want Vettel to go hell for leather? Where will he be after this season? Is that his aim? Let us know. Yes, and from, from one driver who actually, as we're recording, 13 years since his debut, Sebastian Vettel, which seems absolutely ridiculous. Um, we go to someone who is looking to make their Formula One debut in the upcoming years. Uh, Jamie Chadwick, who was the inaugural 
W Series champion last year. Of course, the series not going ahead in 2020 due to COVID-19. However, she has guaranteed herself a seat. She's going to be racing in regional Formula 3 for Prima um, with support from the best name ever in David Dicker um, from Rhoda Cars. <laughs> Great name. Uh, multi-millionaire guy, so I'm pretty sure he will be able to take the stick um, from lowly old me. Um but yes, he, he has put, pretty much put his backing towards Jamie Chadwick. Going to be racing in regional F3 this year with the intention that she'll be entering Formula One in 2023 or 2024. That's the plan, at least. Harry, can, can you see this coming to fruition? Um, I mean, first of all, that this move has completely, uh, you know, validated the uh, the the need for, or I won't say need, but has validated the W series for, for coming in. Um, Chadwick was their first champion. There's not going to be a season this year, unfortunately, but the Chadwick was their first champion in, in 2019. And now she's moving on to drive at a, say higher, yeah, higher level. Um, yeah. So first of all, I think kudos to to those guys, because they've, they have received some, certainly some mixed responses over the, the formation of that series. Um, and yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how Chadwick gets on within this new series. But she's gone on and won other things. Last year, she went on. She also did the twenty four hours in Nurburgring, I think, and they and won that. Um, and she's obviously the William. She's part of the Williams team as well. Um, so yeah, well, I don't see why it would. It's not out of the question that she could end up in F one one day. She's clearly talented. Um, enough to make it to F1. It's just, it'll be intriguing to see how her career now progresses. And like I said, with that Williams backing, that's really going to help her going forward. I mean, as long as Williams is still there. Um, yeah. So I, I, you, you can't, I'm really encouraged to see it. Um, and I hope she does make it. We saw glimpses of it with Susie Wolf um, back in 2015. I don't think she necessarily had the, she had uh, what it took to be an F1 did Susie, but I, I think Chadwick could. I think she could make it one day. Interesting stuff. Sam, what what do you make of this move? Do you think this is a good one for her career? Well, with the old double D pairing up with JC, I generally think there's something special that could come around between these two. Yeah, she smashed every series. And I wouldn't say that, you know, the Formula 3 is a more superior series. I think Formula 3 is a more globally recognized and mainstream series. And of course, it doesn't just pit you up against people coming from the same demographic. And you know, uh, female drivers and drivers who are of a minority colour that are not white um, definitely need more representation in the sport. Now, that only comes if you're good enough, and that should be the case with everyone. It should not be whether you're just white and you've got a lot of money behind you. It should simply be, if you're the fastest, you get to go in the fastest seats. Now, what I think is going to really help Jamie Chaffick, who is lightning quick, you know, uh, former uh, the W Series champion, I think she's going to do well in F3, but the main thing that I think is going to help her to guide her up the rankings, and it's the same for every Formula One driver, is your connections. And those connections are being with Claire Williams and the test driver for Williams at the moment. You've got a empowered, brilliant female team you know, owner and team principal at the head of that team. She gets to dictate whatever happens. And you know she's a driver for equality in the sport. And God damn, she should be. And I'm glad she's doing it. So if Chadwick can prove that she's quick enough, I have every faith that Claire Williams will put her in that seat in a couple of seasons' time. She's a little older now than some of the rookies coming through. Um, and, and I think that's partially down. It sounds horrible. 
the fact that she's a woman. And so she hasn't been given the chances that she deserves simply because she's a woman. I'm hoping that stops very soon. I'm hoping the higher powers of motorsport start fairing that up and we start seeing women from a younger age matching men who are pushed into the sport at that younger age are equal. You know, and they get that equal representation, those equal opportunities. And I think it's going to happen from now on. I think Chadwick's going to be the real first person to cement that going forward because she's bloody fast. So I think if she can work well with Claire Williams, she can continue to prove that speed that she has already shown time and time again. There is every chance she should be in Formula 1. She deserves to be in Formula 1. And she's doing a fantastic thing for females in motorsport. I'm excited to see where it goes. And I hope that maybe she can carry on with the up- uproar of Williams as it continues to get better again. You never know. Podiums, race victories. I don't want to put a kind of a ceiling on it. But, you know, the sky's the limit for that girl. She can really achieve anything. Yeah, I think um, in terms of the ladder up to Formula One, Formula Three can often be the point where it gets very difficult to progress further on than that, just because there are so many Formula Three championships that go on, um, even though that number is less than it used to be. Um, you know, Jamie Chadwick was racing in Formula Three, I think, back in 2017. Um, so essentially, in in four or five years, she hasn't she hasn't progressed any further than that. Uh, and I'm not saying that's on Chadwick's ability whatsoever. Um, it's just a case of there are a lot more Formula 3 seats than there are Formula 2 seats. And as to your point, Sam, the, the connections can often be the decider between getting up to the next uh, to the next stage and not. Um, I think this is great for her. I think she deserves the opportunity. Um, and it's a great chance for her to win an, another title. She's already won a, num- a number of championships in her career. Uh, she was GT4 champion. Um, she she won the MRF Challenge. She's obviously the inaugural double C- W Series champion as well. Um, and, and she really did well in W Series last year as well. But it, it was a competitive grid, and, and she was on the podium in in five of the six races. So uh, you know Chadwick's not to be messed around with. She she is a good racer. Um, my my issue comes in um, wh- whether she can whether she can basically smash through that ceiling. Um, F three back in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, she finished uh, she finished ninth and eighth, which was decent. Um, it was a good foundation to work on. Um, it's not bad, but it's not not F one ability at that point. Um, and you know she was younger then, and I'm sure she'd argue that she was a she is a much better driver now than she was back then, and I 100 percent agree with her. Um, but she needs to kick on from those performances essentially, and she she's done that somewhat um in in the w series uh, and now she gets a chance in another series um you know the the championship she's entering itself is is not the most competitive in the world it's kind of the the fragments of european formula three that's kind of scraping to to just about stay alive um so it'd be good for the series that she's getting involved um and she's racing the exact same car that she raced in the w series as well which will be a really good advantage she will also, obviously, she's a rookie, which would normally be a massive disadvantage. The good news is, I think pretty much every single person she's going up against is also a rookie. So it's almost an even playing field in that respect. She can get a really good finish this year, which I think she will. Um, I think that puts in her in a, her in a good position to either advance to, even straight to Formula 2 would be amazing. Um, but if not that, to, to, to Formula 3 is in the actual FIA uh, accredited version. Um where Sophia Flush is going to be racing this year. So it would be good there. I, you know, Prima, we know how brilliant they are in terms of advancing talent. The likes of Charles Leclerc has, has come through that team. So I think she's in good hands in that respect. Um, and it's now down to her. It's down to her to produce the results. And I, I'm glad to see, to your point, Harry, that 
the the W series um, has its first success story almost. You know, the W series is in place um, to as a as a springboard. So when you see another driver get into a better position to make Formula One or Formula Two, then it's done its job. So fair play to them. Um, I'm really fascinated to see how she gets on. Um, you know, I, I, no disrespect to uh, the likes of Tatiana Calderon and Sophia Flush, but I think Jamie Chadwick is absolutely in the best position available uh, to get into Formula One. If, if there's going to be one one female driver who makes it in the next few years, I think it will be her. Um, and uh, absolute shameless plug. I, I spoke to Jamie uh, about a year ago, um, just before she started her W Series uh, quest. And, you know, she has a real chance to to be something of a pioneer. Obviously, she wouldn't be the first female driver in Formula One, but she would be the first in, oh God, about the 45 years now. So it's, um, yeah, she, she's got a really good chance. And you know, fair play to her. I, I don't think she... Um, I don't think she distances herself as a female in Formula One, not uh, in motorsport, not by a long shot. Um, but I think when she looks at her achievements, she she is much more concerned about her achievements full stop rather than her achievements as a woman, which is absolutely the correct approach. Um, and I think that sort of mentality where, you know, I, I, I think she will, she'll take no prisoners and I think she'll do really well in this series. Uh, best of luck to her. Brilliant stuff. That's what you love to see. That is a real heartwarming story. I'm really excited to see where she goes. Absolutely, absolutely. And with the Williams connection, uh, yeah, she's starting to uh, to get some some uh, some good roots into into the potential of Formula One. We'll have to see whether it comes to fruition or not. Um, going on to the last topic of today, play the music. It's F1, back and forth, it's F1, back and forth, we go backwards, and then go forth, it's F1, back and forth, yeah, F1. <laughs> Sensational uh, as ever. And if you didn't good. get that, it, is, it doesn't get any worse each time we do it. Um so yeah, F1 back and forth. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, this is a game we occasionally play um, where Harry and Sam will go head to head naming items on a list that I will determine when we get the game going. Uh, they keep going back and forth, as the title suggests, until one of them gets an answer wrong uh, or can't think of an answer. So best of luck, guys. Two topics tonight. The first topic is this. Circuits that appeared on the 2010 F1 calendar. And I am going to start this one with yourself, Harry. Bahrain. Bahrain was on the 2010 (laughs) F1 calendar. Well done. Sam? Uh, Do you want the country? The country's fine. Yeah, Harry's just said Bahrain. So obviously I don't have to name the circuit. Um, You might have to name the circuit in a few occasions where it's not so okay. clear, but I will I will just kick off with a simple one and go the uh, the Australian Grand Prix. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Harry, the Benner, uh, the Malaysian <laughs> GP, the Malaysian GP. I'm enjoying how you're going in order as well at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'm still um, all right. I'm I'm going to try and carry on with the order. Uh, I'm going to go Chinese Grand Prix. Yep, that was next. Harry? 
Um, I've forgotten the order now, so let's go to the Spanish GP. Uh, you're still going on with the order. Nicely done. Okay. Uh, that was that was round five back then. Uh, by the way, there's quite 19 early. overall. But yes, yeah, it was quite early that year. Um, Sam, what have you got next? Um, oh, say every year, Monaco. It is there every year, apart from this apart year. From this year. <laughs> but apart Ooh. from this year, um, Harry, what's the next one? Um, uh, the Turkish GP. Still going with the order as well. I'm loving this. Yes, Istanbul. Oh, we miss you so much. Sam? We do. Uh, I know for a fact that I think this one came next. It's the Canadian Montreal Grand Prix. Yes, still going with the order. I, I didn't even request this. This is amazing. Harry? <laughs> Oh, no, I feel the pressure now. Um, the British GP. Uh, you have broken the streak, but it is a correct uh, answer. Well done. Damn it. Um, uh, the German Grand Prix. Which was held at... Hockenheim Ring. Yes, that's correct. Harry? Um, the Hungarian GP. At the Hungara Ring. Yes. Sam? Uh, Spa Francochamp, the Belgian Grand Prix. Yes. Harry? Um, I'm trying to think. Have we missed, we've missed one in between Canada and Silverstone. I uh, think I know what it is. It's correct. Yeah, you have missed one there. Um, okay. I, don't, I can't remember that. Uh, okay, I'll go Italian GP. Yes, Italian GP is right. So, um, I th- I'm going to take a punt. I think it was still there. Uh, I think it was said that early, rather. Singapore. Yeah, it had been on the calendar for a, a few years at that point. Um, Good. Yeah, that's a correct answer. In order as well. Um, Love it. Harry, you've got five answers left. The Japanese Grand Prix. Yes. Ah, oh, is is it is it old our old our old pals in Korea? <laughs> Young Nam, yes, I thought so. <laughs> we love Young Nam. Still going in order as well. So, Harry, what have you got next? You've got three to go. Um, the this is, this is what eighteen and nineteen. I think these two are quite easy. Oh, the Brazilian GP. Yes. It's Lagos, of course. Sam? Uh, then, un- unfortunately so, it's the uh, the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Uh, yes, and a bit of a tactical game there if you do know the other one, because that means that one left and Harry's got to name it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, in between Canada and Silverstone... You you really know it as well, mate. You know it. I know you could get it. Come on, I believe in you. And we've said Turkey. Yeah. We've said Turkey. There's got to be a time limit on this, though, surely. Getting competitive. It's not often I think I certainly know something about Formula One. What was in between Canada and Turkey? I don't think I know. Not Turkey, Silverstone. Um, no, nah, I have to give it up. I don't know. No problem. Sam, complete the list. 
I'm going to look a real moron if I get this wrong. Um, is it Valencia? It is the oh, European Grand Prix at Valencia. To be fair, 2010 was largely forgettable, I think. But there you go. Yeah, you don't say. I know. Was that yeah. the year that, that Weber had his crush? Of course, yeah. He bloody did a backflip. That's not yeah, forgettable. Mental. Yeah. That's crazy. That's probably the only good thing about the. Well, not good, but the only. <laughs> memorable, yeah, that's Weber, the word. Weber almost killed yeah. himself. Good thing about yeah. the race. Great stuff. Nice. Wonderful entertainment. Um, the other category for this week is engine providers since 1970. Oh, Ben. Okay. So it might be more difficult to get all of these ones, but... How many are there? That's a good question. Uh, there are 34, I think. 35. Strap yourselves in, listeners. There are some. We've been uh, here a while. Well, there are some obscure names in here. That's for sure. Okay. And question. Go on. Is um, there's some there's some or oh, maybe one engine provider that that left the sport but kind of stayed in it under different names. Do they count? So it's the name. You know what that... I'm talking about. Yeah. So even if the uh, the brand did not create the engine, but it is labelled as such. They count, right? Gotcha. Okay. All right, um, Sam, kick us off on this one. Um, BMW. BMW is a correct answer. Harry. Mercedes. Correct, Sam. Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> Big shocker, Harry. Um, Honda. Yes. Sam. Renault. 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 Of course, yes. Harry. Um, Cosworth. Cosworth is correct. Sam. Porsche. It is actually correct. I didn't think it was, but apparently they were around in 1991, so... Uh, yes, that is a right answer. Were they? Who were they powering in 1991? I don't actually know. I was fully expecting yeah. it to be a wrong answer because I know they were around in the 60s, but yeah, apparently they powered someone in 91. They were under tag. They weren't Porsche, I believe. Um, uh, I've said Codsworth. Does Ford count as a different one? It does count or... as a different one, yes. Okay, good. Sam? Uh, now I'm having to really rack the brain, which is also very small. Um, Lamborghini. Yeah, Lamborghini is fine. Harry? Judd. Good old Judd. What a name. Yes, Judd is there. Such a bad name. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Sam? Yamaha? Yeah, Yamaha is a correct answer. Um, Eurotech. Yes. <laughs> I. I don't know what, if is it's it, a is right it, answer. Oh no! Is it? Is it? Am I close, or is it just not a right answer? Uh, I, I, you might have merged two together. Oh no! <laughs> I think oh, no. that's what you've done. Oh, excellent. Um, 
Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I mean. Yeah, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll count myself out. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you might have either meant Asia Tech. Asia Tech. Yeah. There is also one. There is also European as well, so I wasn't sure if you combined Damn those it. two together. Um, have you got any yeah, others, Sam? Two point. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, Toyota. Yeah. And the two you've just mentioned, I think, were quite possible. I'm going to wrap the brain and see if I can get any others. Um... I don't think so. I think the two that Skoda? Harry merged together. <laughs> Skoda's not there. Um, I think I think they were the last two I had. No, fair enough. Um, to go through some of the other ones, um, I won't go through all of them. Alfa Romeo, you could have had. Uh, BRM, you could have had Matra. Mechachrome, as Williams uh, discovered at one point. Uh, Peugeot uh, in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you could have had tag as well as uh, as well as Porsche because technically they were branded as tag. Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna, Tor- I was technically, gonna... you could have had Toro Rosso as well. Um, That's not an engine. They, it well, they it was called Toro Rosso weirdly. Um, again, under the the kind of a branding thing, but they were for one season. Uh, Is that was te- that? Um, I was going to say when Red Bull had Renault engines that were called Tag Heuer's. Yeah, so that that would have Same counted thing. as a tag. Yeah, um, Zach Speed, because of course Zach Speed deserves a mention. Um, a few others in there <laughs> as well. Way. Apparently, one that I didn't know about, uh, Subaru. Apparently, at some point, yeah, Subaru. Oh, I yeah, I'm going to research that one because I hadn't didn't know about that. But oh, excellent. Anyway, let us know how well you did. Did you do better than Harry and Sam on on either of those? Um, good effort as always, guys. Thank you. Oh, oh. start the kill my It's F one. Back and forth. It's F one. Back and forth. We go backwards and then go forth. It's F one. Back and forth. Yeah, F one. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. And that's where we'll end this week's podcast. We're getting so close to that first race in Austria. We're going to be back, of course, same time next week. Until then, Sam, get us out of here. Well, folks, if you've enjoyed the silliness, the actual debate, and any conversation topics we have spoken about today, please share, please subscribe, please review us. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast as well. And remember to come back for next week. In the meantime, I've been Sam Yossi. I've been Ben Hockey. And I've been Johnny Giacotto. And remember, (laughs) keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.